Welcome to the Homeland Heroes Salute, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories to heal and honor our heroes. We are your hosts, Phil Taub and Dave Tilly. Hi, this is Phil Taub, and along with my partner, David Tilly, very happy to welcome you to the Homeland Heroes Salute podcast. And our guest today, you know, uh, a new but old friend, uh, Jim Spots is joining us. And so, Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me, Phil. Dave. It's really great. It's been great getting to know you, Jim, and, and to work with you and on some veteran-related stuff. And why don't we just kick off this podcast by, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you grew up and and what got you thinking in your childhood about, or maybe it wasn't even in your childhood, but what got you sort of thinking about the military and then specifically the Coast Guard? So, Phil, uh, I'm originally from San Diego, California. Uh, I grew up, uh, did a lot of surfing, used to make surfboards, um, uh, you know, all throughout high school around the, you know, around 17, 18 years old. Um, I started looking around and, you know, I started out in a community college and uh, didn't didn't do great. Um, just wasn't really interested in doing much and just started looking around and trying to figure out, you know, how to go out and see a little bit more of the world. Um, so I looked at all the military services. Uh, I figured the Coast Guard was my best bet because wherever I'd end up, I'd be on a coast and I could continue surfing. Um, so the Coast Guard, my, for my first assignment, uh, sent me to Washington, D.C. to be part of our National Honor Guard, uh, which was about four hours away from any real surf. And uh, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, what, that's, what was that's terrific. So go ahead, Dave. Uh, I'll just, so what, what was it like going from uh, West Coast to East Coast? Uh, San, uh, San Diego is absolutely beautiful. Uh, you know, the weather was the weather was a shock because I went to boot camp in Cape May, New Jersey in January. And uh, first time I had ever done push ups in the snow. Um, and so I, I was it was it was a little bit of a shock to me. I was I was very used to you know wearing shorts pretty much year round. And uh, the coldest I would ever get was, you know, January, February, when we had to put on our thicker wetsuits to go surfing. So. On the your time in the Coast Guard. So, what was that like when you when you first started? Um, some of your early experiences. So it was it was really good for me. Um, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't the best student in high school. Uh, I you know, San Diego is a great place to grow up, but there's a lot of distractions there. Um, so going to Washington DC and becoming part of our, our, our honor guard was a, a really good, uh, really good growth experience for me. Um, really taught me some discipline. Uh, you know, this is one of the places that your uniform has to be perfect, uh, every day, all the time. Uh, and you do, you know, you spend a lot of time, uh, at these, at these places like the Pentagon or the white house and, you know, you're, you're very closely watched. Um, so it was, it was a good way for me to grow personally. It also gave me a chance to start taking some college courses at night and work on, you know, do some things to improve my grades uh, enough. So I, I eventually got into the Academy. That's tremendous. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And, and what, what's boot camp like? Uh, you mean you touched on that a little bit, but obviously it's more than just push-ups in the snow, you know, but like boot camp in the Coast Guard as opposed to, you know, let's say in the big army. 
Uh, you, you know, the Coast Guard, the one thing about the Coast Guard is it's a very small organization and you really, uh, you really, there's no way you can hide. Uh, I would say Coast Guard boot camps, um, probably academically, one of the harder ones. Um, physically, it was, it was pretty demanding. Um, you know, it was probably up, you know, it was probably on par with the army or the Navy or the air force. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was one of those things you get up at five in the morning, you got to make sure your birthing area is spotless. Um, you know, all your, your, everything in your locker has to be perfectly squared away. And they're basically trying to get you ready to live on a ship. So for somebody who had, you know, had, had not been in that type of environment before uh it's it's a little bit of a combination of a rude awakening and uh some enlightenment right and and talk a little bit about the mission of the coast guard because i i find you know talking to folks and i was i was like this at 1.2 jim is you know a lot of folks don't truly understand how big the job is for our coast guard so maybe just for our listeners talk a little bit about you know what the mission is for, for, for members of the Coast Guard. So I think the best way to describe the, uh, the Coast Guard is the, these three essential missions. The first one is to protect the nation from threats delivered by the sea. Uh, the second one is to protect those on the sea. And then the third one is to protect the sea itself. Um, so when I say, you know, protect the nation from threats delivered by the sea, we're looking at commercial shipping. Uh, we're looking at drugs coming up from South America. We're looking at uh, undocumented migrants coming in through, through the Caribbean uh, and interdicting them in the Florida Straits. Um, protecting those on the sea, which is really kind of our primary mission, which is search and rescue. Um, we really we really look out for mariners, uh, not only commercial mariners, but recreational mariners. And a lot of this is the prevention side of the Coast Guard, where we try to inspect their vessels early. Uh, so before they go out and they get into a dangerous situation, they have all the required life-saving equipment and personal protective equipment and safety equipment. Um, the last one is our, really kind of our marine environmental protection mission, and that's uh, protect the sea itself. So, you know, discharge of, uh, of hazardous materials on the ocean, discharge of oil on the ocean, it's very detrimental uh, to this, you know, to the maritime environment, as well as things like overfishing. Um, so we go out, you know, we try to we try to enforce U.S. laws and regulations on the high seas, and we also try to enforce it uh, when we have commercial vessels come to U.S. ports. Jim, I had the privilege of uh, going out several times on tours with the uh, Coast Guard along the New Hampshire and uh, Maine coasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, being, being on, on the ships with the members of the crew, uh, seeing and learning about what they what they do. I mean, so much on with helping with uh, also rescue activities that you mentioned. Uh, of all the places um, that you've been, w- what are some of the uh, your favorite posts during uh, your distinguished service? So I think uh, I think. Uh, I think I moved 18 times. Um, I got to say Hawaii was great. Uh, probably my favorite assignment uh, was Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Uh, just, it was just a very challenging, very challenging and rewarding job. Um, the, you know, obviously the South Pacific is fascinating. Uh, 
you know, have, being home ported in Charleston, South Carolina was great. And then on that ship, we went over to Europe to work for the Sixth Fleet for about three months. Um, so that was, you know, seeing the Europe, uh, you know, all those Mediterranean ports was, was really interesting. Uh, great life experience. And then I had a, my first unit, uh, second unit out of the academy. Uh, I worked in uh, Colombia, Bolivia, and Haiti, you know, actually working with the host nation forces. Um, so that was, uh, that was really interesting, very challenging work. Um, you know, uh, we used to say, you know, not every country should have a Navy, but every country should have a Coast Guard. And we would go down and work with our international partners. Um, so kind of learning how they overcome some of the things uh, some of the challenges that we face too, you know, like uh, logistics and communications. Uh, it was really interesting to work with the, with these folks and see, you know, how they could do more with less. And a lot of times it turned out to be uh, uh, more, almost more of a professional exchange because of some of their workarounds for, you know, the, the lack of resources uh, we brought, we brought back with us to the U S. That's tremendous that it brought you into the international arena as well as the U S coastlines. Yeah, I, I think we uh, just uh, read that the Coast Guard is going to have their first attache in the U.S. Embassy in Denmark this year. Oh, that's tremendous. Yeah, it's, well, that's fascinating. So out of, out of um, your many years in the Coast Guard, what, what were some of your uh, highlights, some of your best experiences, some of your toughest, some of your biggest challenges? So I, I guess uh, some of the uh, best experiences um, – what, you know, going down to and working with the the host nation forces in Bolivia and Colombia was really interesting, very, very challenging work. Um, but really kind of learning how these people live and work was um, really makes you appreciate what you have in the States. Um, I think uh, we went on a South Pacific the first ship I was on out of the academy, I was the assistant diving officer in the navigator. And we ba we basically we we went from Hawaii all the way across the international dateline uh, to places like Ponape, Kwajalein, and going to some of these little tiny atolls in the middle of the Pacific was mm -hmm. was great, uh, especially being a diver on the ship because um, you're diving in places that. I mean, people are just paying top dollar to go to. So just for example, we dove on the Saratoga, Saratoga in Bikini Atoll. Um, and I mean, just the like 200 feet of visibility, you know, these huge Galapagos sharks everywhere. And they, it's just, it, I mean, completely untouched. Uh, this was 1994, 93 or 94. Um, and I mean, there was just nobody out there. So the, the wreck is just, it's just an immaculate condition, just was in immaculate condition. Um, yeah, that's, that's just amazing. And, that, and how long were some of these stints where you were able to experience the local, um, you know, culture and communities? Uh, you know, anywhere from, anywhere from a couple of weeks to several months, Dave, you know. Um, so I, I think in 90, I think I spent most mm -hmm. of 95 in Bolivia and then most of 96 in Colombia working with the Marines. Oh, very extensive. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Then, what, about, what about some of the toughest stuff, Jim? I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if you got to experience any bad weather. I, 
I've, I've, I was fortunate to visit the Coast Guard station in New Hampshire and on a beautiful sunny day when the water looked like a swimming pool. But, uh, you know, I took a tour of some of the boats and, you know, the, the Coast Guard uh, guys who gave us the tour were like, oh, this thing can roll in, like it can do a full roll. It's a huge boat. Like it can do a mm-hmm. full roll and sometimes it has to, you know, and, and we can survive it. I'm like, oh, my God, that that sounds like some crazy weather. But uh, I'm sure that's a big challenge. And I don't know if you experience any of that or tell us about some some tough stuff. So the weather's the weather's always a challenge. Uh, we've got, you know, I've been out on a 270 foot cutter that got caught in nor'easters, uh, you know, off of Cape Cod a few times. And that's that's not a lot of fun. Um, I think probably one of the worst trips is, uh, uh, that first trip, that first boat out of the Academy. Um, I, I had the officer, the, the import officer of the day on Christmas day and the commanding officer gave me a call. He goes, Hey Jim, get the boat to get, re- you know, get ready to get the boat ready to get underway. Uh, we've got a search and rescue case. We'll leave at first light tomorrow morning. And I, I thought it was Christmas day and he was joking with me. And I was like, oh, you know, okay, Captain, that's funny. You know, he's like, no, no, I'm serious. I'm like, Oh, Okay. So we actually got underway. I think it was, we had six days with beams to the seas, uh, taking 45, 50 degree rolls uh, to get out to this guy. And then we had about eight days towing him back. So it was, it was a long trip. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things, it was Christmas day. So we had, you know, all kinds of tough, tough, we had a really tough time getting any kind of stores. Uh, you know, like we had broken so many glasses that we were, uh, down to drinking water out of yogurt cups, you know, cleaning up yogurt cups and using those. So, the, you know, those were, those were, but it was fun. You know, it's like, you, you just, you, you know, hindsight, you, you just, you had fun those times. Um, you know, the a couple times you know uh on the on the when i was ceo and exo ship we had we had some we had some challenging days we had you know 200 250 haitian uh haitian migrants on our deck um and i think one time we had that and they were they were having elections in in haiti so we couldn't take them back and they uh they got they got pretty rebellious so that was that was pretty interesting, but uh, the crew the crew did a tremendous job keeping everything under control. Um, and then we had a operation what we called avoid the Floyd, which was uh, we had Hurricane Floyd come into Charleston and we got underway on short notice, and that was another one where you're actually out and you're trying to avoid the dangerous semicircle on a hurricane and you're just getting tossed all around. Wow. So, you know, I, I got to imagine being the CEO of a ship's a pretty awesome responsibility, right? Um, you know, whether it's a Coast Guard ship, you know, or a Navy ship or, you know, uh, maritime. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of responsibility there. So how, how does the Coast Guard prepare you for that? Uh, so the, the Coast Guard does a good job of of keeping you through certain career paths or keeping you in certain career paths. So it's mostly through on the job experience that they prepare you and um, that, you know, you get an evaluation either semi-annually or annually. And that evaluation is usually uh, kind of your path, your path to command. Um, 
they do. I mean, we do have a, a two week uh, uh, perspective commanding officer, perspective executive officer course that uh, provides you some really good insights because it's kind of it's basically two weeks of lessons learned uh, of what other you know what went wrong. Um, whether it be on the operational side or on the personnel side. So that, that was, those are those between really your career experience, you're on the job experience. And then that two week course, you're, you're pretty well to be prepared to be a CEO at sea. If Dave doesn't uh, want to jump in yet, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't know what's going on in the Coast Guard and maybe, you know, give us a flavor for this. But I've noticed like in um, just, you know, sort of in the private boating world, there's been a dramatic change in technology, like in the design of boats, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the technology that they're putting inside boats. I mean, you know, you know, are you seeing that? I know you're not still in the Coast Guard, but I know you're still very close to the, the Coast Guard. Are you seeing that? I mean, we see the Navy, you see some of these ships that like are mm-hmm. popping up in San Francisco Bay and other places, you know, very cool designs, but uh, are you seeing that in the Coast Guard too? Oh, most definitely. Especially, especially with some of our smaller, uh, our smaller uh, uh, boats. I mean, these guys are driving now with joysticks and you know they have digital charts the new national security cutters are absolutely amazing um they've got just tremendous capabilities as far as sea keeping and then the the propulsion design uh whether you can you know uh they have a they have a propulsion design that you can run off one or more engines and you can still run off multiple shafts so it's a reduction gear that's absolutely really amazing um you know the the aircraft are getting updates with uh, up with brand new avionics. Um, it's really, you know, in preparation for this, I did the uh, twenty. I, I listened to the twenty twenty one State of the Coast Guard address from our from the Commandant, and um, you know some of the advances that the Coast Guard is making now uh, with the use of technology and making life better on you know making these crews more capable is really amazing. Um, and my first job, you know, my first job out of the Coast Guard was working in marine electronics. And uh, so I got to see that from the commercial side. So what you're seeing in the commercial, what you're seeing in the commercial arena is being translated over into the, uh, the military side of things. Um, and, and the dependence on integrated systems is just making these, just making these uh, craft that much better. Jim, uh, you know, I, I was in the army myself and, um, in service and saw the tremendous changes in technology mm-hmm. and, and advancements. But uh, for our listeners, too, uh, you you talked earlier about when you joined and entered the Coast Guard as a young service member, but uh, you retired through the service. So you had gone through and, and witnessed a lot of things during your service. Uh, one, one question is... Uh, you know, when when you entered, were you thinking that this was going to be your career, uh, Dave? No, I mean, I didn't. I'll, I'll be honest. With you. My my horizon at at seventeen eighteen was pretty short. Um, I and it's the as you grow in your service, you you gain more and more of a sense of ownership in the organization. Um, so you really the Coast Guard is 
you really find you have a sense of belonging after you've been around past that first enlistment and then past your first obligation because the the people that stay are the people who want to stay because of the mission and because of the people right right and during um and how many years of service was that for you jim uh all total including the academy was a 31 that's tremendous that's tremendous and 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 thank you and for for our uh listeners too would you recommend uh a young person today signing up and joining the coast guard so i so what 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 would you recommend to a young person considering so i i would really look at this more as like you're looking for a job so you need to find out what the best fit is for you um so the coast guard it's a very you know very diverse mission set uh but if if you're somebody who wants to go, you know, uh, kick in a door in Afghanistan or Iraq, then this isn't probably your, this isn't probably the best path for you. Um, you know, the I would recommend looking at all all the armed services, uh, all six now to include the Space Force, and then really kind of do a self assessment on what what works, what is in your long term interests, and what interests you right now. Um, you know, each of the each of the services has a myriad of opportunities within it. Um, looking at your resume, I think we spent some some uh, we spent some some time in the same places. Um, and that, <laughs> but, but it wasn't Kansas, if uh, <laughs> yeah, if you were in the Coast Guard, but maybe Monterey. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you know, we well, I should say, doing some of the same types of missions. Oh, gotcha. Um, and. You know, it's those opportunities exist, uh, but you need to find out what you what works for you and go in with your eyes wide open. Do as much research right. as you can. Uh, you know, the recruiters, you know, they I think the recruiters today are much more honest and transparent than than they were when you and I uh, right. you know, initially entered the service. Um, so ask good questions and go in there with somebody who's experienced and can ask the questions that you haven't thought of. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's great advice, Jim. Um, Oh, thank you, Jim. I had a slight audio problem. Can you hear me? Yep, good to go. There we go. Thank you. And so, pivoting from your service to after service, uh, how how was that transition? How did that happen after your distinguished career in the Coast Guard? What, what uh, was what was next for you? So I, I think I'm on job five or six uh, post retirement. Um, you know, I, <laughs> so uh, I, when you when you leave the service, you, you really kind of you really have to do a couple things. You have to do uh, bottom up analysis. You know what you need what you need to make what you need to support your family, and then kind of do a top down analysis of what you think you're worth and you know what you, what you would be looking at for a second career. Um, really after, you know, after going through a couple of three jobs, uh, I really was very introspective and, uh, did a, I think a good bottom up analysis and figured out kind of what I needed to do to support my family. And I, I really felt, um, that 
I was more drawn towards volunteer work and giving back to the people in the organizations that helped me out. Uh, you know, uh, Phil, Dave, I mean, I'm very lucky to be where I am right now. Um, and it wouldn't be, you know, that's a combination of luck, hard work, and, and working for some people that really looked out for me. Uh, and then having a lot of support from my family. Um, so I did the bottom up and I, I kind of, I've gone back to doing a lot more volunteer work. You know, I'm a CASA, I'm a CASA, uh, for the state of New Hampshire. Um, uh, you know, I, I work, I work on a couple of veterans, uh, programs. I, uh, and then I do some other things around town. So I find yeah, that talk. that, yeah, I find that that's kind of what I'm drawn to right now. And, yeah, talk, and, talk a little bit about some of your favorite, uh, you know, uh, volunteer activities, some of the causes that you're drawn to. So the one I work on with Phil is uh, the New Hampshire Military Coaching Alliance. And that's what we are. We nicknamed this uh, Operation Sea Daddy. And uh, this is basically trying to connect uh, more seasoned veterans with their counterparts in local industry and trying to find them the right uh, the right fit for a job so that when they do that you know when they when they're introspective they do that top down and bottom up analysis they can really kind of figure out where what they want to do and where they where the best fit is for them um you know a uh, corner point and special advocate is i think uh good it's challenging work it's not something i'm naturally suited for uh, but sometimes you have to go where the need is and you just and you do right. some tough things um as far as other you know i was i was pretty active in my uh in my son's uh, little league or I should say Cal Ripken baseball. I was the treasurer of the secretary. Uh, I volunteered on a couple of political campaigns, um, which was another interesting, interesting, uh, a good growth event. Um, learned a lot. Um, and then I've done other, other volunteer work. Uh, you know, for a while we were fostering dogs, uh, you know, for a local, a local organization. I tried to, I tried doing veterans hospice, but uh, I, that was kind of like losing your grandfather every couple months, and it it took a little bit too much of a toll. Yeah, that that would be very uh, um, heart wrenching. Very, yeah. Very, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you get you really get close to some of these guys. Um, yes. And you know, it's it was it was tough. You know, there I, I remember this one guy. He was an army veteran. I, so I had two vet, uh, two of these guys at once. One of the one of the guys was a Marine who had uh, been on the invasion of Guadalcanal. Um, just amazing individual. He retired as a, a one or two star general in the Air Force. He had left the Marine Corps, and just coherent, sharp. You know, just great to talk to. Great to you know listen to his stories. Uh, the other guy, uh, not as cognitively cognitively able, uh, but one time I showed up like ten minutes late, and he was there sitting up. And he knew somebody was coming. So, uh, you know, he did, he really enjoyed those, those weekly visits. Um, but you get really, you get really close to these people. Um, and then when they pass on, it's very tough. Mm. Well, that, that is a, uh, wonderful cause and a great commitment on, on your part. Um, you know, you were mentioning some of the work that you were doing with Phil. So the operate the Operation Sea Daddy. Uh, yeah, we've got a really good 
I mean, a large part due to Phil and, and some of his partners. We've got a really good network of seasoned business people here in New Hampshire um, that are very enthusiastic about helping veterans transition. Um, and so the the focus of the group is really seasoned veterans and the spec guys from coming out of special operations. So, uh, you know, if you've got, if usually these guys are coming out, they've got uh, at least 10 years, more likely 20, and some are approaching 30. And we try to connect them with the right person in local local business, local industry, uh, so that they can start building their own network. Um, I mean, and I'm sure Dave, you've, you've seen this after leaving the service, you know, the, the, the military is very much a meritocracy. You, you get, uh, your next assignment based on your work at your previous assignment. And, you know, in, in industry, it's more built on personal relationships. Um, your resume only gets you so far. But knowing the guy, you know, knowing the person that you're going to be working with, right. and if they trust and like you, then you're more likely to work with them or work with somebody close to them. So we're really trying to get, uh, you know, seasoned military veterans integrated into industry in New Hampshire. And I think that's going to really have kind of a second order effect of making the jobs here, in New, you know, the, the uh, companies here in New Hampshire more veteran friendly. No, that's great. I, I know, I know um, you know, we're working with veterans and being a veteran myself, coming out of service, you, you've got a lot of structure with service. Mm-hmm. And, and as you mentioned, a lot of uh, ways that uh, show your advancement through merit. And then coming, coming out of service, you don't, you lose that uh, camaraderie you lose that uh structure that for many people was so important uh with getting into the service so that's uh something i commend both of you uh with working on with helping veterans upon leaving service thank you uh, Dave, I want to jump in here and just take a moment uh, to thank our supporters, Granite State Insurance, uh, Rock Solid Insurance Protection for Business and Service Credit Union, uh, just an amazing organization, become an owner today. I, Jim, I got to go back to you. And, you know, we use the term Operation Sea Daddy. I didn't know what that was when that came up, but uh, take a minute and, and just explain to our listeners what uh, what a Sea Daddy is. So the informal relationships in the military are, are really um, what will help you, as, you know, uh, get the jobs you want and really kind of achieve your potential. Um, so usually when you're young, you end up getting what we call a sea daddy, which is a, a seasoned individual uh, that understands the organization, understands uh, how the organization works and it has those personal relationships uh, up and down the chain of command. And he or she can help you out, uh, not only provide providing you guidance, you know, on those informal nuances of an organization, but also by using some of those personal contacts. Um, so we, we uh, when Hunt and I started this out, uh, we, we had the formal name and then we thought about it and we go, okay, well, what, what we're doing here is really connecting 
you know, transitioning military members with, with sea daddies and hunt being army didn't really, uh, didn't really know what that meant, but it, it's caught on. So I, I think Phil, with your, you know, with your experience with the Navy special warfare community, you've probably seen some of the same things. Yeah, that's right. And of course, Hunt is uh, is Colonel Hunt Kerrigan, who we have had on a previous podcast uh, as well, and also talked a little bit about Operation Sea Daddy, but I'm glad we're getting into it some more. Um, and it, I, I think it has been as rewarding, you know, for the CEOs that have been involved, who've been acting as mentors, um, as it has been, you know, for our retired uh, veterans, you know, who um, are taking advantage of this program and networking and so forth. And it's been great to see the progress made. And uh, as our veterans have been able to expand their networks outside the military, right, and um, help network and find jobs and find things that are rewarding and fulfilling. So, you know, Jim, really kudos to you and to Hunt for uh, really, you know, having the foresight to sort of put that together and keep pushing on it. You know, it's, it's really, I I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. Thank you, Phil. And, and I'm really impressed with, sorry, with the, with the breadth of service that you really, I mean, you had a whole career in service, right? And, and, but the service that you're in now, the breadth, the sheer breadth of it uh, really is amazing. Um I'm always sort of blown away by this. The, we live in a society where too many of us are motivated, you know, by the wrong things, you know, like money and and power and all these kinds of things, you know. Um, but what you and Dave and others that have served sort of have in common is this idea of this, you know, serving sort of the greater good, right? Something bigger than yourself. Um, and, you know, I, I'm assuming, and I shouldn't assume this, Jim, but I'm assuming that there's some things about the Coast Guard that you miss. You know, maybe that's that, maybe it's purpose, maybe it's the, you know, the camaraderie. But it sounds like you're finding whatever that is here, you know, in, in all the amazing things that you're doing to help our community. I, you know, Phil, it's, I, I think probably... Um, the time I've been the proudest of a crew was uh, in 2010, we were one of the first ships to go into Port-au-Prince, Haiti after the earthquake. And I don't know if you remember much of that, but there was a, a, you know, about a quarter million people lost their lives in, in a very short period of time. Um, you know, I, I watched, I watched some really young, young people with no training and no experience in this. Uh, they went in and they set up a like a trauma center at the the uh, Kilocation Coast Guard base, and I remember watching uh, one kid who was a he, he was a computer technician. He was a one what we call an IT or an information technology specialist, uh, and he was helping a doctor amputate a limb uh, off a guy who had been crushed. You know, he had two of his limbs crushed during uh, the earthquake. And just kind of looking at that and just watching those young people do these, this type of work and just getting in there. Uh, those are the, those are the types of things I missed about the Coast Guard. Um, you know, and it, it, I am finding there, there are, you're finding some of the same ethos here in New Hampshire, you know, with these people that are willing to make, you know, really just kind of get in there and get dirty and uh, get the job done and help people out. So it, it, it takes a while to find it, but there is that there is that same that same ethos here. Um, so it's good to work with those people. I got really, you know, like I said, I was at CASA. You know, I, the people I work with, you know, in DCYF um, and organizations like uh, um, 
uh, home base, you know, where they're going in and they're doing some very tough jobs uh, for not a lot of money. And they're making a huge difference in people's lives. Uh, it's good to, it's good to stay around folks like that. <laughs> That's just tremendous that, um, you know, all, all the ways that you're giving back and utilizing your service to give back. And, and, and I also want to give kudos to Phil on that too, because he and, uh, his wife, Julie, um, have their passion on, on giving back They They've got their, uh, their own careers and hours that they put in and, and, uh, and it, it just, uh, says a lot. Yeah. 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 Phil and Julie are kind of rock stars in the veteran community. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they came on the stage with a, uh, burst of energy, just, um, changing lives and being incredibly impactful. Well, thank you both. I mean, we're, this podcast is obviously not about me and Julian, but I appreciate the kind words and, you know, we've got a great, great group around us, but I have a really tough question. I got to ask Jim before, <laughs> we, before we wrap up here is uh, the other night I saw the movie guardian uh, was on again and I, with Kevin Costner and I always enjoy watching that movie. And that's kind of what I picture life in the, in the coast guard, you know, but I think each branch has their movie, you know, the, the Naval aviators have top gun, right. For example, mm-hmm. uh, you know, each branch uh, has the seals have a movie with Charlie Sheen. And I think, which, which, you know, wasn't great, but you know, <laughs> all, all jokes aside, like, like what is the feeling about the movie guardian? Is it, is it even close uh, to reality? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's like any other movie. It's all the, it's, you know, it's a, it's several, it's, you know, it's a, it's a career's worth of achievements uh, compacted down to a couple hours. It's uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's on, you know, exactly how it is. Um, you know, cause there's no, nothing happens quickly and there's no theme music in real life, Phil, you know, but there's, there's, <laughs> you know, there's young, there's young people out there in the Coast Guard that are doing stuff like this. But, you know, every day, you know, um, you, you look at these small boat crews and I know you're, you know, you've done a lot of work with Naval Special Warfare, but, you know, I, I look at these, I, I, you know, I've been very blessed. I've, I've had a chance to work with, you know, Marine Reconnaissance. I went to the Amphibious Reconnaissance course uh, as a, you know, as during my second assignment, um, I, you know, I had a chance to work with Navy Special Warfare and Army Special Forces. Um, and a lot of these young kids in the Coast Guard, you know, it's the same person with different life choices. Uh, so you'll see these kids, they're out there and, you know, they had a great, uh, a great article, uh, from a, a, a station in Oregon where the kid actually had to swim from the beach to go out and rescue this guy, you know? So there's, yeah. I get no, I get it. I, I mean, I'm a as you know, I'm a swimmer myself, and I grew up swimming in the ocean and lifeguarding in the ocean, and I still do a lot of open water swimming, including with some of the mission. But you know, and I've had the the honor of meeting some some of these Coast Guard, you know, uh, res, rescue divers. You know, obviously, you know, a lot of times in the worst conditions, and you know, I just focus on the folks who are saving, who are like, thank God the Coast Guard is here. 
and you've got these brave men and women, you know, going to jump into the, the roaring seas and save them. I mean, it's, it's really, it's very, very impressive stuff. So, yeah, they, they, I tell you, our young people really, really do the service justice. So, yeah. and especially our service reputation and our service, uh, our service history, you know, uh, they're continuing, they're making history every day. Yeah, no, just awesome. So, yep. Absolutely. Jim, Jim, we can't even, uh, can't thank you enough for your service, for, you know, being a guest with us today on, on Homeland Heroes Salute and on our podcast. And uh, keep on doing the great things that you're doing to help not only our veterans, but our community in the Granite State. And, uh, and I know uh, we salute you. Thank you both. Thank you both for having me on. It's very much an honor. Uh, very flattered. And thank you for the work that you do. Uh, you know, it's, I know, I know Phil uh, is very humble about the work he does, uh, but you're making a huge difference in a lot of people's lives, Phil. Uh, Dave, I look forward to working with you in the future. I look forward to meeting you. <laughs> yeah, I Absolutely. think we, I, I think if we, I, we could probably exchange some stories, they'd be pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> Look at looking forward to it. The next podcast. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you. This podcast is a co-production brought to you by the Homeland Heroes Foundation, an organization dedicated to the reacclimation support of active duty service members, veterans, and their families in their time of need. And Dairy Cam who believes a better world starts with a connected community. To learn more, visit homelandheroesfoundation.org and dairycam.org. Follow the Homeland Heroes Salute on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and make sure you subscribe to the Homeland Heroes Salute wherever you listen to podcasts. The views expressed by our guests and others are solely their own. Views expressed in this podcast do not represent any of the uniformed services, the Homeland Heroes Foundation, Dairy Cam, Swim with a Mission, Harbor Care, Veterans First, or any other organization.